0: You're listening to the Counting Lights
1: Podcast with Red Dumbery and Dan Danzi! Counting Lights Podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up. And we're back
0: with the Counting Lights Podcast. Bam! What's going on, everybody?
1: Bam. And uh um well, we got a couple of things. Uh I know this is out. Uh, Saturday pop that beer this is out Saturday we usually do Mondays and Fridays for episodes but because of I mean the wrestling landscape changing last yeah, night
0: things changing we things gotta put changing. this
1: out today um for new listeners because we are advertising on different platforms for new viewers let's introduce ourselves uh we'll go with you first Chris
0: mm, uh, Chris Germany
1: and he is a former...
0: Uh, for, former uh, two-time uh, NWA World Tag Team Champion. Uh, got in the wrestling business in 1989 here at the Dallas Portatorium. Uh Was trained by Chris Adams. Worked for uh, some of the biggest companies. Uh, worked for WWF. Worked for uh, World Class. Uh, at the very end, uh, USWA, Global Wrestling Federation um Independence across the United States, from Florida to Washington and all the way up to Canada. Worked uh, in Mexico quite a bit. I've uh, got uh, quite a few years in the wrestling business. Let
1: me let me toot your horn okay. for a little bit. Has wrestled Shawn Michaels, The Godfather, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The list goes on and on. Um, you are the last generation of world class championship wrestling, and the are,
0: I am the la- I am I am technically the last generation of the final days of the territories. So mm-hmm. I got in as the territories were starting to die, and uh, in, in the late eighties, and <clears throat> got to witness it firsthand. Uh, uh, not only the folks that you've mentioned, uh, some really great. Uh, my mentor in the wrestling business was Playboy Gary Hart. Mm. Um, I helped train his son, Chad Hart, and worked directly with uh, and creative with uh, his son, Jason Hart. Um, I have uh, um, worked with uh, Mick Foley, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Chris Adams, uh, uh, Kevin Von Erich, uh, Carrie Von Erich, um, little Chris Von Erich. Mm -hmm. um, um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, it was uh, I, I, unfortunately I, I attended uh, attended uh, way too many uh, funerals back in the day. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's,
1: we're not. Let's not get sad in this yeah. introduction. So anyway,
0: regardless, um, and now um, I'm here with Dan Danzi doing the Counting Lights podcast. You might ask why is it the Counting Lights podcast? Because that's where I spent the majority of my wrestling career was on my back counting lights
1: and uh i'm dan danzy i am a stand-up comedian of 15 years a wrestling fan since i was eight years old um
0: and dan and i met we I we started, met at. a we, yep. doing stand-up comedy
1: Sta- chris is now a stand-up comic a very funny stand-up comic um i am voted by the improv as one of the funniest comic in texas it's not something i like to brag about but when we do talk comedy i feel like i have a legitimate opinion well
0: you've definitely uh, seen uh I've, I've
1: i've i've seen it been it done you, it in go. comedy chris has seen it been it and done it in wrestling and this is the counting lights podcast now what does counting lights mean to me when the crowd's not laughing that's what i'm doing on stage <laughs> and we have live wrestling events uh, at Oaklands Brewery and live comedy events our wrestling events have included wrestlers as seen on AEW and seen in WWE now um, and uh, we've booked we've booked people and they've gone off to do bigger and better things that is of no credit to us cuz we've got a we've got We're a third lucky. party booker yeah it's a thing but if you live in the Dallas area and you're listening to this podcast and you see Uh, We're putting on an event. Come to it. We actually have a comedy show going down uh, August 27th at Oak Highlands Brewery. Uh, Come see
0: us live.
1: Headlined by Mikey B, and from uh, Austin, we have Grace Kirk, and then because it's the one-year anniversary of comedy shows going down to No Brewery, we're bringing back a favorite in Ross Day, and we have a surprise comic, and then also myself and Chris Germany, so come out to that, now that all the introductions are done, about last night. Now I just I showed you Chris because uh, I just showed you before we recorded the podcast because I, I really want your opinion. You've been in wrestling a long time. You've seen it all. Um, what do you make of last night of CM Punk?
0: So we sat down and uh, uh, Dan kind of went over and kind of gave me a little uh, prequel of what happened last night on AEW, and uh, then we sat down and watched the actual footage of. The introduction of CM Punk to into AEW, the
1: worst kept secret. As... In,
0: in, in, actually, in Chicago mm-hmm. at uh, what was the center called? The, the United, United Center, center in, uh, in in Chicago, which was a genius idea. Uh, CM Punk's uh, hometown. <clears throat> um, I, I was. I don't know if you saw me. You probably. I, I
1: watched. I've you never watch seen. Me actually,
0: watch the. Um, I don't sit down and watch wrestling anymore. I just no. don't. I, I've, I've been in the business. I'm. I'm a little. Uh, you know. I've seen it and. And there's kind of no surprises to me. So, you,
1: But your face while you were watching this, it was like, it was no pun intended, stone cold.
0: It, well, but it was, he it was, was studying. I was, I was happy and content. Like, I, it's it's good to see. Here's what I get from the introduction to CM Punk and, and to AEW. I think it's, it's bringing a resurgence back. Um, and I tried to think about this when I heard it happened. Um, of course, what less than twenty four hours ago, yes. and uh and, and this was my thought, and I, and I kind of I, I saw some articles and and and, uh, and kind of I didn't I didn't really go in depth and read them. I just just know that uh, the emotions were there. So here's what I've said for years and years that is lacked in the wrestling business. Go ahead. The wrestling of the modern day wrestling business ha, it, it has been void of emotion. Mm-hmm. It is. Everybody knows it's a work. Everybody knows. Uh, you know the boys are talking in the back. Mm-hmm. And but to have that emotion, to have people that are happy to see someone who's been gone out of the wrestling business for seven years, mm-hmm.
1: um, and and then the way the way he left, and and all the hell. That he had to go through after he left, getting his pink slip on his wedding day from WWE, getting sued and having to go through that lawsuit that and he it's, won. It's,
0: listen, that's definitely that's that's the boys working. That's the boys doing their work. That's you know what I'm saying. That's that the was a they did that on fucking purpose. Oh yeah, of course, of course they did. Listen uh you know as as a wrestler when you get somebody in a position uh where they're uh they they're not dominant and they give it up you fucking turn that knife a little bit and mm-hmm. that's exactly what what they were doing to punk listen um uh, here is here was always my opinion seeing punk uh, incredible fucking independent talent yeah. okay and when they brought him into WWE i was questionable
1: mhm
0: because he, to me if I, we're walking somewhere, let's say we're at we're at a concert or a comedy show or whatever, and this guy passes me in the hallway, to me, I'm not doesn't look like a wrestler to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying in, yeah. yeah. In, in, in my mind as if, an you're, eight, if you're if and, you're backstage, the, yeah, in, at in, WWE, in, I came up in the '80s and was a fan of you know the '80s. Everybody was larger than life, and he looks like you know he could be a Fucking accountants, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, um, not in, not overly impressed. They got in WB. He he is a, a an incredible a personality. He's confident in himself. He works extremely hard. Doesn't do drugs or alcohol. He's a straight edge guy, and uh, so. You know, and that doesn't lean towards what I think of a pro wrestler either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, because I mean, you come from the days the Freebirds. Yeah, yeah. so let's say no more. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying, Buddy Jack Roberts. They called him Jack Roberts because he loved Jack Daniels. Yeah, and and, and
1: his last name was Roberts.
0: <laughs> well, the, they, but they
1: called him Buddy the, Jack
0: because of the Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. So Jack I was mean, like buddy. we were exactly so. That's that's what that's kind of the way I picture a, a wrestler. To me, is larger than life. It's somebody who walks in a room and everybody's like, "Who the fuck is that?" Mm-hmm. Now, as far as his talent goes, hell of a technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. Has great ideas, in, incredible, uh, very creative. Knows person. how to knows how to market himself to the to those types of fans. Which, let's be honest, let's lay this fucking out on the table. Oh shit! Like like the the fans that he is. Uh, laying his, he, he he's riding ride or die about our millennials. Um, no, let's no, I mean, look at the crowd. Let's yeah, let's really no, really come no, to. I it. I agree with that. People, I think people I think are, it's, people are in their thirties. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and I think that.
1: But to, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, I think that goes with any artist. It does. No, you're absolutely right. You're
0: absolutely right, and that's that's kind of uh, that's that's who he lays into now. That that's the you know direction he goes. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. and there's I'm saying I'm saying there's nothing wrong with it, and and I'm not trying to uh, discount, downplay it, downplay it 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 at all. No, absolutely not. Um, But it's it's people who, when he left, more than likely he left. They uh, they felt like that he was part of them Mm -hmm. they they, he felt like they were his he was their generational person that reflected the um nuances of what a millennial has you see what i'm saying not just
1: like a millennial but i think when when he was doing ring of honor and when he got to wwe he was a good reflection of when a wrestling fan becomes a wrestler Okay, that's great, and and that's that great. That's that terrific. wrestling, you know what I mean, like. If, so
0: once again, what I saw on TV just fucking five minutes ago. Yes, and it's, it's one of the reasons that we're we're kind of resetting everything with the, you know, with the podcast because we have got a funny feeling that you know we're, we may get some new listeners now that you know things are kind of you know the the business is picking up and the business looks good. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So.
1: It is a it is a wrestling boom, not just for the companies, and, but anybody who has content, and we're, and,
0: and we're excited about that. Absolutely, and, and, and to see people have emotion, like we saw a guy crying,
1: uh, did, and that guy is a viral. Uh, right, now meme he's a meme. Now. now he's a meme. Now he's a meme. But uh, people have come to that guy's defense. Because, I no, mean I don't
0: think there's listen I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong, In anything fact, wrong I with anything wrong think it. it's the it's the best thing that could possibly happen to the wrestling business right now at this time
1: absolutely so because this is what wrestling is supposed to do it's supposed to it's supposed to create
0: emotion and that's what it did from the beginning-hmm and so I think this is a great thing and to see somebody and this is the way I looked at it WWE doesn't think that anybody is worth shit unless they're working for them.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. so
0: when he left, in their mind, it was the worst decision he could possibly make in his entire life was leaving um, uh, arguably the biggest company who has ever worked in the professional mm-hmm. wrestling business. And I'm doing air
1: quotes while I do that mm-hmm. for, for a reason. The reason is, is that... And, to, and this is, and you are someone who has been in that locker room. You are someone that I, has been I've, on and Raw. And I've seen been guys on come heat. and go.
0: And I've seen mm-hmm. guys not be successful. And I've seen guys have incredible success when nobody thought they were ever going to have success. Mm-hmm. Okay, Listen, when, when Steve Austin came into the WWE or WWF at the time as the ringmaster, nobody thought he was going to do shit. Now, great in the ring, an incredible character, Possibilities of a character, but until he turned that corner, mm-hmm. and and it's exactly what's happening today. Let me kind of have a Go reflection ahead. of what is what we saw in the Attitude Era with what happened with with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Pete,
1: and this wouldn't be the first time Punk has been compared to Stone Cold. Steve So Austin. so st- Steve
0: Steve grabbed the lexicon of what the people want felt. Their emotion of what they felt. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 I'm sick of this shit. Fuck, fuck the you. boss. Right. Fuck mm-hmm. the boss. You know, fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you ain't if you ain't with me, you're again me. You know against me. Yes. Again me. Well, well I'll say it like Steve, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. Uh, you know. So, you know, I am telling you, and this is the emotion that, that punk is 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 Coming back around now, these these millennials that he grabbed a hold of in the in the beginning of, you know, two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six, to when he got in the WWF and they kind of really took a hold of him.
1: Well, his his stone cold moment in WWE in two thousand eleven, he's actually wearing a stone cold shirt. Was his pipe bomb. And I think the difference between, I mean, that was that they called it his Stone Cold promo. Triple H called it his Stone Cold promo. Um, I And I think looking back. This is when he was like,
0: listen, let me The he, pipe like, Yeah, he kind of yeah. pulled
1: back the curtain. Pulled and, back the curtain, yeah. made it on CNN. You know, CNN was talking about right. it. The major news media outlets were talking about it. But I think the big difference is after Stone Cold did that, they booked Stone Cold for success. I think when Punk did it, yeah, they booked him for success, but was, they gave was, him hell. It
0: was like it was it was like he wasn't playing the game anymore.
1: They they gave him what he deserved, but they added you know little twist. Okay, to so it, so know? here's
0: in a reflection. In, sorry, in a reflection of what I think maybe they were looking at, because they probably felt the exact same way that I feel as a guy. that came up in the eighties when everybody was larger than life mm-hmm. okay they're like he does not look like a wrestler he's never gonna be a main event guy he's not gonna you know what I'm saying like, yeah. he's never gonna be top of the heat because he doesn't look like a cartoon character mm-hmm. he looks like a guy who could who maybe works uh, like as a dog catcher. You, yeah. know <laughs> okay. yeah. you know
1: what I'm saying? A tattoo artist. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You
0: know maybe maybe if he's lucky, you know he's uh, you know working as a pharmacy tech at the but fucking it's, pharmacy. It's
1: not it's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's just not, how it's WWE. Just,
0: it's exactly the way they look at me. Yeah. See the emotion mm-hmm. that the people in Chicago and the uh, AEW people have the way they've treated him, and I think it's I think it's such a great resurgence of the emotion that needs to be involved in pro wrestling to make it marketable and fun again. Yes. You know, we've constantly said that everybody looks the same. I've said it a thousand times. Everybody in WWE looks the fucking same. Everybody looks the same. Every kid in the fucking uh, independents... Looks are. Is wearing the same fucking tights that are popular now, and we did it too.
1: Mm-hmm. We did
0: it. You know, everybody was wearing fucking zebra pants. What you're trying? You're and, trying you know, to draw money. Yeah, you're trying right. To draw you're trying to figure out what tickets. works is what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. But to see him come back, and to see the emotion that is that is played into pro wrestling again. Everybody was excited. Mark Henry was excited. Taz, Taz was, was excited. excited. Jim Ross couldn't give a shit, but...
1: No, no, no. Jim Ross is uh, actually quoted as before that Rampage episode. This is uh, this is one I want to be a part of. Because he's usually not the commentator of Rampage. Right. And, and the fact that this was the worst kept secret, the fact that they... Borderline did this as a surprise, but not really. Nobody was surprised. Was because after the Sting debut, TNA, uh, not TNA, TNT. <laughs> that was the wrong book. TNT said to AEW, "Well, no more surprises. We want to promote. We want the ratings." And
0: that's that's smart. See, that is the modern day. That is the modern day idea. Mm-hmm. That's of how how that, to yeah. properly fucking promote.
1: Yeah, the debut of a wrestler. Of a big time wrestler has now evolved. Let
0: me tell you. Uh, let me tell you why surprises worked back in the eighties. Yeah, surprises worked back in the eighties because um, every because the territories were still going on, and that uh, people were turn- tuning into pro wrestling because they wanted to tune in p- to pro wrestling. They weren't tuning in because who was going to be on the pro wrestling? Because everything was always a surprise in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because fucking. It was local television.
1: I want to say that the surprise the surprise debut of how we know it, it all started in the Monday Night War when Hall showed up on WCW. And that was, you
0: know, really, honestly, that was... I, I, I'll, I'll make a statement. That was the last surprise. That, that was, was the last, last surprise. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't honestly, know. Because
1: go, go before that, Luger showing up at the end of Nitro's first yeah, but episode. That was,
0: that was not that... It, that was a surprise. But, you know, they used to do stupid shit like... Um, Roll a box now.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll whole, give you that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And the
0: whole night everybody's wondering what's in the box. What's in, in box. the
1: box and it's the fucking gobbledygooker. Right, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, and you know, you know, Jim Ross always used to, I mean uh uh Cornet always used to say if it comes in a box is,
1: is it's, that, it's
0: great for ratings.
1: Yeah, it's great for right. ratings. No, so, I understand that.
0: But uh because it, it was a surprise that you know, we didn't have we didn't have these pocket computers that we're carrying around in our mm-hmm. pockets.
1: Guy, you sound so old when you say "pocket." Well, what you're right. You're I mean, right. You're right. I mean,
0: you know, think about it. You didn't was, have. You really didn't have dirt sheets. I think if you were trying to explain to somebody
1: uh, back in the '80s, back what in the that, '80s, yeah, what, what that this phone is in was. My pocket. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a, well, it's the television. I've got a television in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all those things that this. It, it's basically it's. There's more power in this than the uh, computer that supposedly landed the man mm-hmm. on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I, I think it's great for pro wrestling. I'm excited about what they're doing. I sat there and watched it with a smile because in my reflection, I think, let's say if, let's say if, in the 80s, Dusty Road had d- had disappeared for seven years. Oh, and gotten out of the business and done whatever just he whatever. wanted to do, yeah. And then he came back seven years later. Or let's say, or 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 you know, gosh, I mean, who else anybody? Rick Macho Flair, man. yeah, Rick uh, Flair, Hogan, anybody? Hogan. You know? I mean, you know, just think yeah. about think about the pop you know that Hogan got when he came back when to, he came when back he came to WWE. WC, no WCW.
1: Well, no, he got that pop, but then so WCW lived out its existence, and right. then. W, uh, WWF buys WCW and they had to wait a bit right. because they were on because he was riding out his contract. Yeah, he was riding out his contract, but think about when when Hulk Hogan came back, even sported in the NWO like right. colors and there was a storyline where him and Vince were working together, the crowd still popped and showed that respect. And then you put The Rock in there and then that's what set up the whole WrestleMania match, but that CM Punk the thing last night reminded me of that pop when Hulk Hogan came back out, and then we had the whole. So, let, let's, let's go so over.
0: To, to, so, to tell you how I see these people reacting, mm-hmm. I can imagine as a Dusty Rhodes fan.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to remember relate to. Yeah. It.
0: Like, here's, here's the way I can re- relate it to. Now, we could see Dusty Rhodes on TV, mm-hmm. okay? But to have him show up in an arena. After not being in Dallas for seven years. Or Austin. Or well, yeah, just anywhere any, any yeah. Y- anywhere that yeah. Yeah, Dallas or Austin or any Texas city and he showed up and had not been there for seven years, how I would have lost my fucking
1: mind. Everybody lost their mind. Yeah. So, so so last night, man. So
0: exactly. That's exactly what these folks are doing. And and, and, and I'm giving it to that group. It's their time. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's the time for the millennial uh, and, and that's a you know it's been a, that's been millennial a word in Gen Z it's, it's you know yeah it's made, it's become such a uh, you know it's become such a punchline the, the the whole millennial thing but i'm saying it's this is their time this is their time to enjoy these emotions and to be excited about somebody returning now how old cm punk
1: uh, cm punk oh wow i think he might be Early 40s. 44,
0: maybe?
1: We'll go with 44. Okay, That's, I think 43 look, or 44. Got a little gray in that
0: beard. Might be. Might, yeah, but. Might want to look that
1: up. But so. look, but look, look. I think. Can as, he go the way he went? Well, okay. So let's. Before we answer that question, let's just go over what exactly, just step by transpired. step, what happened. Uh, so everybody knew. I, I'm sure everybody in the arena. Uh, fucking knew it was gonna happen because they were selling a new CM sure. Punk shirt Obviously. in the merch stand.
0: Terrific, incredible marketing. Man, CM Punk masks, CM you, Punk
1: shirts. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being a fan showing up to the United Center and and you've been hinted that he's gonna be there, but you don't know for sure, and it's in your head like. What if he's not here tonight? What if it's a swerve? And you go and you look at the merch booth and there are CM Punk shirts. Could you imagine the fucking feeling of confirmation there? Like, oh, my God, this is Can the you ninth. imagine
0: the money being exchanged? The, uh,
1: so I read that security actually had to help, before the show, security actually had to help form lines at the merch booths because those fucking shirts were going.
0: See, that's that's the way the business needs, to, and and once again, I'm going to tell you this: it's the way the emotion, the way that the business needs to feel. It's the emotion you need to have, and the excitement showing up. You're not just going to a wrestling
1: show just to go to a wrestling show. No,
0: you're excited. You know what I'm saying? You're, I a mean, ex-
1: Even though, even though I don't like, even though I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a WWE fan anymore. When I get invited to a RAW that's in Dallas sure. or something, right. and I go, I do get excited, sure, because
0: it's. I mean, well, and that's that's the feeling that you you, you want to have on every event. When you know, when you guys went and saw Lannis set you were excited when you oh showed up god. at
1: the arena. Oh my god! You, you know, when it you, was so great.
0: And then and then, <laughs> and then when they overproduce, it makes that excitement worthwhile. Yeah, you know what I'm saying.
1: I mean, but but with WWE, the problem has always been too much overproduction. So so. So let's go over. So the music, so they're chanting CM Punk at the beginning, all right? And I want to go to a quote from Roman Reigns earlier in the week, all right? Because you saw what, uh, I showed you the CM Punk debut. Roman Reigns put out in the media that CM Punk was never as over as people thought he was. He's not as good as people thought he was. Uh, he's not, he doesn't move the needle like John Cena and The Rock. So with that quote out there and in mind, first of all, one thing I want to say to Roman Reigns and the marketing department of WWE is: if what Roman said was true, then why are you talking about him? Yeah, you know. It, so you
0: <laughs> you're right. Two, go, go ahead. Um, go ahead.
1: you saw the 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 you saw the debut. Do you feel that Roman Reigns' quote is accurate?
0: Okay. Here. Um you you always you always take a uh, you always take when somebody says something like that you always take it with a grain of salt and the reason why is that if you got to tell me you're a tough guy you're mm-hmm. probably not a tough guy you know yeah, what i'm true. saying so if you're telling me that uh, that that CM Punk didn't move the needle, and you're a talent from the com- WWE. The competition, mm-hmm. let's just call it the competition. If you're a talent for the com- from the comp for the competition, and you're having to talk about somebody else, there is an issue with it mm-hmm. because you are mentioning it bec- for a reason. You're saying, "Hey, don't look at the man behind the curtain." Yeah. Don't look
1: at the. And I think it goes back to I, I think it goes back to our theory uh, that we did last episode where uh Vince is doing all of this on purpose. To try to, okay. to try to build the competition so he can crush it later. Maybe, maybe. That's a future episode. So let's get so Roman Reigns. Uh, uh, next time you want to like downplay someone, just don't mention them at all. Yeah. If you like it. <laughs> a marketing department to shut the fuck up, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> just the fuck up. Yeah, don't, just
0: don't like, don't tell somebody to tweet something that's going to mm-hmm, make it worse. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not saying the marketing department had anything to do with that. Maybe that was Roman Reigns, but, but first and foremost, just shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So, and, and this is another thing. So he's coming down the ramp. He, he takes a minute to get on his knees and embrace it. Very reminiscent of when he left Ring of Honor. His last match of Ring of Honor, he got on his knees and everyone threw the ribbons as custom in Japan and everything. Right. So he walks down the aisle, and then you start to see him hug fans, stage dive into fans, which was a... Once
0: again, that's that's true emotion. That's gross. true emotion. That like, is. I have felt that excitement working before. Like mm-hmm. I've felt that excitement as a... And there there were times, you know, I felt it as a baby face, like he is. Yeah. But I felt it as a heel. I I felt times where Kit and I were such fucking heels as Team Extreme.
1: (laughs) The original Team Extreme, by the way, for listeners.
0: That's... That literally the crowd had turned and 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 turned us into baby faces.
1: But as a heel back in those days, you couldn't stage dive into a crowd. But I've I've you know,
0: I've I've uh, I've been known to walk up to somebody and shake their hand and take a swig of their beer. Okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the exact same emotion that I saw yeah. with CM Punk. He was taking advantage of the situation. He was saying the emotion that we have right now. Hmm in this building is in genuine, Chicago
1: real. will
0: maybe will never be mm-hmm. produced again and I need to take advantage of it and I need to give him props for this. I yeah. need to give CM props and listen, I'm not the guy that's gonna give Unnecessary props to a wrestler just to put them over because I have, I I don't have a dog in the fight.
1: You have no interest in putting anybody over anymore. I I have no, exactly. In a ring, verbally, you have no interest. It's not necessarily.
0: Yeah. Come see me at a comedy show. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to tell you. Go ahead. That's who I'm putting over me. So. But, but the, the actual emotion that he's taking the time to say, I need to enjoy this. This is maturity. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is CM Punk in his 40s. He's become mature and realized maybe he's had some losses in his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which, which, which we've all experienced in the last year with the pandemic and everything else. That he is taking the, the, the time to go, I need to enjoy this. I need to remember this when I'm old and gray, and I, and, I, and it's, it's all gone. Yeah. So, it, it's one of the things that I regretted most in the wrestling business. I was so um, hell-bent on uh, increasing my value in the wrestling business that all the fun and the great fun didn't things, soak I didn't soak it in. Mm-hmm. And that's the maturity of a guy in his 40s going, I need to soak this in because I may never experience
1: this again. Yeah. So he gets in the ring after hugging family and friends and everything, and then they announce that they're going to commercial break for 90 seconds. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I thought this was a smart move at 8 It was by a 8 genius w.
0: move, and not only just to reset the crowd...
1: But but everybody's watching. It's a good way to plug your sponsors. It's on, a good way on, to.
0: On top of that, mm-hmm. they probably they probably had the ability to charge more for that. Oh break, yeah. For that commercial break, mm-hmm. they probably they add the ability to charge more for that commercial break. Then because it's just like, um, you in in the Super Bowl, um, you have you can, you can charge more after the after the. A coin toss mm-hmm. you charge more uh, going into before halftime, half-time and after, and after half-time, time. it's the exact same thing.
1: absolutely so they, he comes back he uh the first thing he gets into is of course uh basically admitting that he has nothing prepared that he's just going to wing this and that was true genuine emotion and i i believe there were bullet points in his head
0: sure absolutely. you know
1: and, and that's the way it's funny yeah. Because that's the way the wrestling business used to be. Yeah, bullet points. Exactly. Not reading from a script, exactly. not memorizing a script. You didn't sit down and write
0: out what you were going to say. You knew here here was the points I wanted to get across. And so I'm going to give that. Once again, that's what we got to get back to. Give the Absolutely. fucking wrestling business back to the boys. And
1: I've been telling you, AEW's been doing that. And it really showed in this. So let's get to a highlight of what he said. Um, one of the highlights of what he said... Which, I thought this was a big thing. Uh, First off, he uh, kind of apologized for leaving indirectly. didn't didn't say it by name, but he kind of apologized for the way he left WWE, taking his ball and going home, if you will, and saying, like, you guys got to... I understand you'd be disappointed and let down, but please understand that I would have not gotten better mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, had I stayed at a place that got me sick in the first place. That's, and I think great. if you are a wrestling fan and you still cannot understand the hell this man was put through because he didn't have that look, because he wasn't their guy, the image that they had for a WWE champion, you need to stop watching wrestling.
0: Well, too, I want to I want to kind of put it into a a perspective to folks that have never been in the entertainment business, especially pro wrestling, because it involves, involves so much emotion Mm -hmm. that what you got to understand, like let's say that you're in a bad relationship or you're in a bad, a work environment that is hostile. And it's the exact same thing. It it wasn't the things that they were doing creatively with CM Punk. That was his issue. It's the other things that were, it I wasn't mean, the biggest. It, right. it
1: wasn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue um, was putting him on Z Packs when he just didn't well, feel the, his right.
0: Biggest issue is his biggest issue is you got to remember this. And there was times when I wrestled Kit and I wrestled nightly, and that's that was our you know when we were the most popular, we were one of the top ten tag teams in the, United, in, in, in the world, and we mm-hmm. were traveling to Mexico, and we were wrestling all over the United States, and we were the NWA World Tag Team Champions, is that, that sometimes all that traveling and, um, you know, you try to find things to fill the, the, that, that empty void. And you, it, sometimes the 15, 20 minutes you spent in the ring – was the only time you felt normal.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, it's... Dude, it's the the same thing. And another thing we do on this podcast, we compare the parallels of, of comedy and wrestling. So if you're a new listener, bear with us. It's the same thing in comedy. After 15 years, the most fun I have, whether it's eight minutes or 30 minutes... Or forty-five minutes is being on stage because right. sometimes the politics of comedy can just fucking drain and you. And so,
0: really, it was once again it was the politics, mm-hmm. the shit that he was having to deal with in the back. And you know, I don't think he was from inconsistencies. Obviously, like things were st- were things like the iPhone had not been invented yet. The iPhone right? had. I mean, no, like, the iPhone was okay, around. Okay, all right. But, the iPhone but, was around. But like it wasn't like everybody didn't carry one in their pocket, like you it, know, like Jamuks like me were still carrying a flip phone.
1: Let's just shrink it down to let's let's just because there's a lot, and you have to go back to the Colt Cabana podcast that he he did after he left, and his, I mean, we'll bring up some problems he has with Colt Cabana, um, who, and now they're on the same roster. We'll bring that up in this episode and speculate with on that. Best friends at one time, They were that? best friends. I'll get I'll I'll right, get to it, right, but right. let's just shrink it down to creative inconsistencies, political in, in, in inconsistencies, personnel inconsistencies. That all just boiled together and had him fed up.
0: Well, and two, like you got to understand, he wasn't a he wasn't a drug guy or a drinking. He guy. wasn't on drugs. So, yeah. so that that eliminates him from the majority of the clicks that. You know That in the past, yeah, and I'm had not their saying problems. the click I'm saying the yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. That, there were groups of guys that would come together, and we would all dress in the same locker mm-hmm. room, and we would all, you know, made sure that hey, um, we're gonna we're gonna drive to the next town, and then this is the bar we're gonna go to. If you can't find us at the hotel, Absolutely. we're gonna yeah, be at yeah. this bar. So he was
1: kind of a loner. He had a couple of friends, sure. Kofi Kingston being one of them. But I remember when he left Triple H and Vince on the Stone Cold podcast, because it was brought up by Stone Cold, to Vince. Well, Punk Punk was just a a hard guy to talk to. Which always seemed to me, like, knowing what I know of CM Punk, is like, no, he wasn't a hard guy to talk to. He was the type of guy to call you out on your bullshit right to your fucking face.
0: Well, when you don't don't have uh, the ability uh, at all to mask... You know, uh, your opinion like those. The, like I can, I can sit here and grab a, a beer and and not think about anything for a little while. Mm-hmm. But when you're constantly and and you know he's got angst. You know he's probably oh, yeah. probably deals with anxiety and depression just like we all do. We all do. And at so this it's point. constantly. Sometimes it was hard, probably hard for him to get out of his head. And not. I'm listen. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's okay to be antisocial. Yeah. I'm just saying that, it, you know, you have to deal with your own. He's probably dealing with his own shit, and mm-hmm. people are thinking, "Hey, he's an asshole to me," but really, what he's, what he's, he's an, he's not trying to be an asshole. He's just dealing with his own shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody deals with that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but and two, when when you don't understand, like if you see somebody from afar you don't always get their real personality. Into, I've had people that, that, you know, it's in the comedy business. When we do shows mm-hmm. or we do open mics or whatever for years that people were like, ah, big guy, you know, kind of looks oh, scary, yeah. you know, and then they get kinda, to know and you, then they get
1: to know me. And, and it, for those of you who don't know, Chris is a big old cuddle bear. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. Until you, until you fuck up.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, so CM Punk, uh, uh Mentions that and apologizes for that, or just ask for an understanding. And you have to have an understanding of that. He left because he had to. Because I, I feel like it was the right thing for him to do. Seven years ago, we weren't really talking about mental health. You know, yeah,
0: not as much as we are now. Yeah, I mean, there were there were you know there's there's always and there's always been in anything that you do that involves uh, manly testosterone. Yes. Uh, um, you know, uh, you got to be a
1: man about it. Pull you know, yourself oh, you up know, by your fucking boots. Yeah, boot rub straps. some
0: dirt on it and get over and, it. And, you know and, and
1: that's a nice mentality, but you can't judge others who don't have that mentality. You know, you can't be just like, "Well, I blew myself up well, by the bootstraps." T- they really do.
0: didn't understand. I think it. it I just think it wasn't commonplace. It
1: wasn't a commonplace. That's a fair thing to say. But so. And I think this was a big night for Punk because you got to remember what happened after he left. He goes into the UFC. The fan base of the UFC does not accept him. The people that he fights do not accept him. I mean, uh, there was Mickey. uh, Mickey, what's his fucking name? Mickey, I don't know his name. I don't watch UFC. We'll call him Mickey Mouse. Please don't beat me up. Um, So that Mickey, (laughs) Mickey Gall, Mickey Gall. We'll, Well, Mickey Gall. You know he's talking shit. And it's not, it's not bad shit talk, it's just like he doesn't take CM Punk seriously. And that's fine, because CM Punk is in his late 30s at this time, trying to get in the UFC. It's okay. But they handshake, they hug, and then you get to CM Punk's second opponent, who actually got fired that night because of how he just wouldn't finish Punk put, finish Punk off in the UFC fight. He was taunting, he was making him look like a joke, and Dana White was like, that guy's fired. Years later, it would turn out that he failed a drug test and the win was overturned. So CM Punk actually has one loss and one draw in the UFC. But he goes into an avenue he's always wanted to go into and he's not accepted by that fan base or his colleagues. So he has to take a step back and get out of the UFC. So I'm sure last night... But being, he did
0: commentary for he, him. He still does
1: commentary thing. because he loves the sport. Right, right. So he comes back into wrestling and he mentioned it how he needed to feel that, and he did feel that. So then he goes, he he. Before he sits Indian style, which, by the way, I've never seen a wrestler get a pop just for sitting Indian style. Um, but before he goes Indian style, and this was a brilliant move, unzips the hoodie. Here's the new shirt, and uh, that's genius. That's and genius that actually. Marketing. Fucking, that fucking crashed ShopAEW.com. when that zipper came down. The websites crashed, and as far as I know, they have to rebuild the whole fucking website to get it back up and <laughs> back up and running. Um but <laughs> he mentions um he mentions the last time he had to leave, and it was August 13th, 2005, his last match of Ring of Honor. And I thought this was the sickest... It's not really even a burn to WWE, but he, he says that the the August 13th, 2005, leaving Ring of Honor was when he left professional wrestling. And that August 30th, 2021 is when he's returned to professional wrestling. So he doesn't even acknowledge his WWE run as professional wrestling. Now, if you are a WWE fan or you work for WWE and you are offended, you shouldn't be because WWE has always advertised themselves as what? Sports entertainment. exactly right. So if you are offended by that statement uh, uh, or take it as a burn, like I talk, I took it as a burn at first, but then I thought about it. Well, they have always portrayed themselves as sports entertainers. Well, entertainment.
0: okay, once again, it's, it's, it brings you back to the uh, comment that Roman Reigns made. Okay. It really does. So if, if you don't want to give any props to an organization or an individual, you don't mention them. Yeah, shut the so, fuck up. <laughs> so, what, and what he's saying is, in his opinion, mm-hmm. when he left and went to WWE, he was no longer in pro wrestling. He was in sports entertainment. Without and, saying it, yeah. Uh, and all that did, I mean, I don't know how many years he was in Uh, WWE.
1: 2005 to, okay, we got to go back So 2015, 2016 maybe? No, 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 no. Well, seven and a half years from 21. So, yeah, he left about... Yeah, Somewhere 2013. Around. So what he's saying is that, uh,
0: in his opinion, it it was not, it, and 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 I understand. Like I agree. Like that's when they lost me.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was like the boys that I came up with and I worked with. I, you know, they weren't in the business anymore, and yeah. didn't have any emotion in it, and so therefore I didn't watch it. Absolutely. So it it's it's his opinion it's it's he's saying his opinion when he left Ring of Honor, it was it just became an entertainment. It's like, you know, it's when you you know when you get into a position where you you you're un- you start to become unhappy.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: he was he was hoping that this would be um a changing his life to the positive, mm-hmm. and over the, the what, f- fucking 10 years that he was there, maybe. Yeah. 10 almost year, 10. Yeah, almost. almost 10 years. Yeah. Almost 10 years that he was there. Um He
1: had some highs, he had some lows. He had lows. some highs,
0: and he had some lows, but utterly, it became difficult for him to do.
1: And when he got to his biggest high... It was absolutely draining for him, and not. And I would say, and I hate to speak for him, not what he thought it was going to be, being the top guy.
0: And, and that that may be one of the reasons that as he comes back, he is taking that time to enjoy those moments, mm-hmm. because he didn't enjoy the moments that he spent with the WWE
1: as a whole. Mm-hmm. So now let's get into what he said after that. He wanted to be in a locker room full of young talent and he wants to help the young talent that has the same passion for professional wrestling as he did 10 years ago. and then pretty much without without uh, uh, you know without missing a beat, he shouts out Darby Allen's name, Big fucking pop for Darby Allen, and then the cool, I thought this was the coolest moment of the night, Darby Allen and Sting in the rafters looking down on Punk, and then pretty much setting up what I think is going to be an AEW pay-per-view that gets over a million buys, it's revealed that uh, CM Punk pretty much accepts Darby Allen's challenge in that at All Out, September 5th, we're going to see CM Punk versus Darby Allen in Chicago. And uh, first of all, it needs to be said, whoever Darby Allen hired to do that face paint, you need to keep that guy because that Darby Allen face paint was fucking um, traditionally, sick.
0: Traditionally, and this is what I was going to tell you this, traditionally, it's always been tradition that the, the people who wear face paint, mm-hmm, Paint their own face, so yeah. I don't know if he's doing it or not. It was way different. I would almost guarantee you, yeah, that because the reason that they do that, mm-hmm. the reason that like the Road Warriors, the originals, the Road Warriors painted their own face, Sting, Sting paints, his, Sting his, own paints his own face. The reason that the Ultimate Warrior painted his own face, even when he was in WWE, mm-hmm. because nobody is going to be as personal to what they want. Uh, their character to have on their face mm-hmm. as that person, so I will. I would look into it. I would, you know, do well, a little thing on that Google machine. If or he's whatever. that
1: Google, quit showing your age. <laughs> it, okay, so if he does his own face paint, please just keep doing that design. Yeah, he's doing it. Well, that I gave mean, me video game. And once villain again, vibes. these
0: guys that paint their face are usually kind of overly creative guys. Mm-hmm. So the, um, he's probably ha- he probably thinks about that shit
1: all the time. Uh, and honestly I
0: think and by by the way I looked it up while you were uh, kind of uh, um, monologuing okay Uh, monologuing
1: (laughs) you make me sound like I fucking just steal the show but go ahead
0: uh, monologuing
1: yeah, it's, yeah, that's, no, that's uh, that's what uh, i Heroes do. I'm talking too much, Chris. Yeah. Go so
0: uh, um, in October, um, CM Punk will be 43 years old.
1: 43. Okay, okay. So we were we were close. Yeah. So um,
0: he, you know, once again, that's a guy. That's a guy that is in his 40s. Mm-hmm. And he's he was like, you know what? I can't remember. Sometimes you can't remember five things that you did. Yeah. That and the times that you like, I remember. I remember being in Charlotte, North Carolina and winning the NWA World Tag Team the the titles for the first time. Mm-hmm. But and we had to wrestle four times that night. Damn. It was a tournament. Yeah, so yeah. So Kit and I had to wrestle four times. So and I remember that, but like I can remember the uh, excitement. I remember the last match, but you know the matches before. I kind of don't even like it was. Don't it was, even know. Don't even can't remember. I can't remember who he wrestled.
1: So if Darby, if, if I'm sorry to jump so back to
0: taking the time to like wanting to, yeah, really enjoy this return to professional wrestling. Is, yeah, I'm sure is unbelievably exciting for him.
1: So I'm going to jump back to Darby Allen because if he does do his own face paint. I think he did it special that night because all eyes were on AEW. And as if the CM Punk match couldn't sell pay-per-views more, I, I feel like he was just doing it for first-time viewers. Look at that face paint. Oh, my God, that guy looks badass. Yeah, I'm going to buy that match. So it's been set. And then Punk thanks the crowd one more time, tells everybody he's back. And then, and this was nice, He uh, told everybody, I appreciate you guys waiting. Seven and a half years is a long time to wait for somebody. At the end of the night, go to the concession stand and get a free ice cream bar on me in reference to his infamous WWE promo about ice cream bars. Um, But this was a real thing. (laughs) AEW did make ice cream bars and handed them out to everybody because WWE never made the ice cream bar, even though Punk... Where's pretty my much ice cream bar? Yeah, <laughs> even though Punk had pretty much proved that, yeah, we would have bought ice cream bars if you brought him back, AEW does it, and now uh, Punk will be in w- Milwaukee, Wisconsin, next week's Dynamite. They're already promoting his uh, CM Punk. Uh, his first dynamite. This was another thing. It was, this was on the B show. So let, let, This was on the Sunday night heat of fucking AEW.
0: Let me kind of give you my insight uh why I enjoyed the uh, ice cream. The, yeah. ice cream. Actually, the ice cream bars? Go they actually ahead. Actually handed out ice cream bars on the way out of the mm-hmm. arena last, last night. And uh, so to me, it was a reflection, like obviously his... Um his promo about the ice cream bars in WWE and that's like, that's, that's a big deal. But to come up with that, it's like somebody had that idea. Yeah. Okay. And to come up with that idea is to me, uh, reminds me of an Andy Kaufman bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I remember it. I remember the Andy Kaufman thing. So at the end of his first, I think he was in Carnegie Hall. I'm not really sure.
1: It was Andy Kaufman's last uh, it was, really big thing. It was Carnegie Hall, and he took everybody out for ice cream. He's, he's, he announced that With school that buses. He,
0: he announced that hey, I appreciate everybody coming out. That um, there's going to be buses outside, and the Radio all, City Music Hall yeah, is where it was where that's what. It, okay, and he said, uh, and uh, I would like to invite everybody to come in and and. Uh, Joined me for Milk and Cookies.
1: And milk and Cookies, that's what it was. And he took them... And people, a lot of people think... Uh, watch Man on the Moon, that movie with Jim Carrey, which, by the way, is one of the greatest biopics of uh, of a comedian. Everybody thought that part of the movie was kind of like stretched bullshit. out bullshit. No, that was, that was fucking real Actually, that Annie Kaufman did that. if
0: you go back, and I'm sure you, probably see, uh, you can find Annie Kaufman at Carnegie Hall, at the end of...
1: Radio City Musical. It might have been Carnegie. I don't know. Uh, I can't one remember. Of the two. Anyway, regardless,
0: um, he uh, they actually show footage of him taking them mm-hmm. to a local school or church and sitting down and having milk and cookies with them.
1: It was a nice touch for AEW. And now uh, uh, something we haven't talked about was the media, uh, the media, the press conferences after Rampage, where it's Tony Khan and CM Punk, and Tony Khan just pretty much lets CM Punk uh talk
0: I get to see any any of that
1: yeah well i mean it's on youtube now but i'm going to get to the talking points uh cm punk says that he'd actually been talking with tony Khan for a year and a half and he wanted the crowd back he was not going to debut without the crowd which is smart that's smart uh brody lee uh who cm punk brings up later brody lee debuted without a crowd um and and you know it was cool, but it needed a crowd. Matt Hardy debuted without a crowd, ever. You know, but you see how it works during yeah, the both pandemic. Both those guys
0: probably needed the money.
1: They, I mean, it's probably one of the reasons. You know, what I'm they. Saying? I feel like, well, at the time, you didn't know when this pandemic shit right. was going to be over. You didn't know how live audiences were going to be back. But CM Punk was adamant. I need a. I need a crowd. Another reason he joined AEW. Another reason that because he had mentioned. A lot of guys, and I'm sure you can relate to it, a lot of guys come out, come in to walk up to a wrestler, hey, I got money, hey, we got TV, hey, we're going to compete with WWE. AEW wasn't like that. AEW says, yeah, we got money, we got TV, but we're just trying to be the alternative. So that was the reason CM Punk came in. Another reason CM Punk came in was how AEW handled the passing of Brody Lee, keeping his illness a secret and giving him the best, probably, one of the best memorials for a wrestler on Dynamite. Very impressive. Signing Brody Lee's son. So it was just a number of things that showed CM Punk that this company is different, that they're not trying to compete with WWE. And that's a funny thing to say, considering that this happens right before SummerSlam weekend, and we're not even going to mention SummerSlam because who cares about SummerSlam at this point? I mean, you go on the internet right now, no one's talking about Goldberg versus Lashley. No one's talking about Roman Reigns versus John Cena. No one's going to be talking about that this weekend. They'll watch it, but every it's all going to lead back, to the conversation's all going to lead back to CM Punk. Yeah, SummerSlam was good, but God, did you see CM Punk debut on Friday? So for people not competing stealing the spotlight as an alternative for WWE to WWE is still amazing. And you could sense it. I'm sure you could sense it, Chris, watching that, everything that went down, that the landscape, it already had changed with all the independent promotions working together, and the forbidden door being open, but now you can see a real change. And it's that same type of change of Scott Hall showing up on Nitro. Well,
0: I want to mention that... uh... What Tony Khan and the people at WWE uh, or AEW have done, um, and it's probably one of the reasons that Punk decided to work directly with them, is that um, he had such a horrible experience with WWE in the times that, that he was there. Absolutely, and, yeah. uh, He doesn't want to get involved with a group that's he's going to feel like that again. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to have a hostile work environment where you feel uncomfortable Everybody day when you walk in the building
1: yeah and aew's been and in I think existence that they've, now
0: they've done well, a couple years yeah now. and
1: there's no word there's no inkling of toxic bullshit backstage of and, AEW. and
0: i don't and i don't know i mean you know you got a lot of the old boys you know involved in the in the business but you know once again just like me like i've I've come around and wanted uh, situation, I don't have to be the fucking bulldog in every situation I get involved in, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I want to be, I want to put in, I want to put in the uh, the things into a business or a show or um, uh, whether it's a wrestling show or a, a comedy show that I can that that my talents lean towards, mm-hmm. like I don't have to be the bulldog all the time. And when I got in the business, everybody had to be the bulldog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if and there was a true pecking order, yes. And you, and and I'll explain to you why they call it a pecking order. They call it a pecking order because chickens peck the fuck out of each other, and they will literally kill another chicken that does not show dominance, not going not pulling its weight, they, or or that won't. You know, it's definitely a a, uh, survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. And when I got in the wrestling business, that's exactly the way it was. They wanted to show you you didn't mean shit. Just
1: instead of chickens, it's just really a bunch of roosters. Exactly. You know, because, you know, roosters are the dominant ones.
0: And I I see that this is kind of a a modern day kind of uh, company. Mm -hmm. And so their ideas of how things should be run has completely changed the I think the disadvantage for WWE right now uh, versus AW is that they are still they kind of still have a little bit of that mentality of listen it's the boss and mm-hmm. then the next guy and then the top dude and then you know and then the middle card guys and then the the bottom of the rung guys and mm-hmm. they treat them like that. And I don't know. I haven't been
1: in the backstage for a long time, it, but I'm it, assuming it seems like AEW, their champions are the guys that can, that can draw money. And then they have old veterans in there to teach the young guys. The young guys are showcased much like how WCW showcased the cruiserweight division with the exception, uh, AEW pushes the young guys that are really showing themselves, whereas WCW just kept those fucking cruiserweight matches going because, let's face it, Kevin Nash versus Scott, Kevin Nash versus Lex Luger was not good television. It wasn't... I mean, it was good wrestling, but then you had something different like the cruiserweight division that really packed the middle of your card to keep the audience going. Because if you just had every match where it's just like Kevin Nash versus Lex Luger or, I don't know, Virgil versus um uh i'm gonna say vk wall street okay you know what i mean um get your point sorry 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 so let's go uh so cm punk was also asked if there was any still if there was still any backstage beef with some workers on the AEW roster cm punk said everybody tonight was uh, very nice and welcoming Colt Cabana was uh, f- as far as I'm concerned or as far as I know was not there that night so let's get into the Colt Cabana thing okay
0: so this is new to me I don't know anything so, about this so this will be interesting
1: so CM Punk was on Colt Cabana's podcast after he left WWE that's where uh the the Pretty much everything was aired out, all the business on why CM Punk this left.
0: This was probably a couple couple years ago.
1: A couple years ago, about six to eight months after Punk had walked. Um, so the lawsuit that WWE filed with CM Punk and Colt Cabana uh, derived or came from that podcast, right? CM Punk, uh, CM Punk wins that lawsuit Because he basically revealed that everything he said was true. Now, here's where it gets a little shitty. CM Punk uh, then did a lawsuit with Colt Cabana paying for the legal fees of the lawsuit from WWE. Basically saying, okay, Colt, here you go. Pay all my legal fees. Now, I don't know if that caused beef. It seemed the idea was, yeah, that might have caused beef, but we don't know if Colt Cabana said, oh, it's on me. We don't know the the history. It's just assumption at this point that they have not been cool since then. Yes. Yeah, so
0: obviously because Colt Cabana was using the podcast as a um, uh, a revenue stream. Yes. Unlike this podcast. Um,
1: Why did you say that with such? We have over 10,000 downloads. <laughs> All right
0: um but
1: uh which is a thing so so
0: (laughs) and 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 was created from his podcast although it was punk's you know punk knew he was gonna be broadcasted Mm -hmm. you know and everybody was gonna be able to listen to it so it was his own choice to say what he wanted to but regardless so it sounds like that uh coca actually paid for
1: the legal fees did he? I I do, do not, we not know. I don't know. I don't know what ended up right. happening with that. I will say that while it does look like a shitty thing to do on Punk's part, business wise, it it is it is the right. I mean, I feel that that would be the correct business thing to do. Hey, I was on your podcast. I got sued. I won, but I wouldn't have to be in that situation if I wasn't
0: on your podcast.
1: If I wasn't on your podcast. Now, you could say, well, Punk knew what he was going to say and everything, but there should have been some type of – there should have been more protocol to what – all right, Punk, you can say this, but don't say that – as a podcaster, if you and I were going to... Well, you and, and that's I... a
0: problem, is that on a podcast, I think the, the advantage that we have with podcasting is that we don't have to watch what we say. We can say whatever is, true. is on our mind. But and... under
1: the circumstance of Punk's position, I feel like a little bit more research could have been done on the... Po- uh, and this isn't just Cole Cabana. Any podcaster in this position, I feel like any podcaster today would go and research what would be cool and not cool. You also have an editor. It. Well, we have none of that shit. We, I mean, we have an editor. I'm a good editor. I have had to edit out some shit before <laughs> okay, that. Yeah. Uh, you know, It's just one of those things as I'm a like, podcaster. I'm like, leave it, leave it the fuck in. There is a responsibility to from the podcaster to not only protect the guest, but protect the show. Right. So they get into a lawsuit... I, I don't think it's a personal thing of like, hey, pay my legal fees for this. Uh, because I think that's just business. Now, I I haven't seen Colt Cabana have a, a, a quote on what Punk did. So is Colt still doing his podcast? I believe, yeah. The Art of Wrestling, is so I believe, is still there around. should
0: be like, he should address this. This should be something that should be addressed.
1: Honestly, if there is a problem, and, and I'm talking to the wrestling fans here... If there is a problem, let Colt and Punk fucking settle it and just fucking move on from it. I don't think it needs to be done in the ring where there's a big hug. I've seen that suggested on Reddit or Twitter, one of those things. It's Between them, it's a business disagreement. If Even if it is a disagreement, because Colt Cabana, from what I know, has not said anything about it. Probably got handled. Is there a little schism? Maybe. I don't we don't know. We don't know. We're only just fucking putting this out there because it is important information, but I I have a feeling they've been best friends for a long time. A long time since the Chicago indie wrestling days, you know. They'll probably settle it and I'm sure if this was an issue a huge issue Colt Cabana would have probably asked for his release if this was a really serious thing. But moving on, here we go. We have CM Punk on a roster on a company that's not WWE. He's scheduled against Darby Allen. I want to know your thoughts. If you're booking this match, Chris, who wins this match between Chris uh, CM Punk and uh, Darby Allen? Darby Allen is a is a is a wrestler you're building up to be the next big thing. And now you bring on Punk. But if Punk loses everything from Friday, the the sales are just kind of knocked off. <laughs> So who? So how do you book this match where everyone's happy? I'm
0: going 30 minute Broadway.
1: Okay, all right. I mean that would be my first thought. Well,
0: uh, okay. So, or you could do a schmaz.
1: You gotta remember we might have new listeners that don't know this terminology.
0: So uh, Broadway is a time limit draw, and you could do a schmaz where. The, uh, Where Sting is involved or other people
1: are involved. See, that's what I was thinking. This is how I would have heels make this match a no contest and then form an alliance between Punk, Allen, and Sting.
0: That's actually a pretty good idea.
1: That's what I would do. I mean, you
0: got your two most popular wrestlers. I mean, or, or, you know, really wrestling talents. I mean, when you come to, when you start to get to the older guys... Yeah, and, and I guess punk's kind of starting to fall into that, you know? I mean, I think that that would be an advantage mm-hmm. to bringing the new uh, the new breed into yeah. with kind of the old uh, standard of, you know, what kind of punk brings to. Yeah, I, You know, I guess kind of punk, you know, Chicago is kind of a blue-collar town. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of feel like with for uh, a northern
1: city, it's sure it's yeah. Pretty, well, yeah. and
0: you know we say blue collar like what what we, we don't we, we don't, don't mean southern.
1: Yeah, we don't mean like southern. We, no, we don't we mean don't Larry mean the redneck. Cable Guy. No, no. Yeah, we don't. See, yeah. See,
0: that's, <laughs> blue collar is somebody who works for a fucking
1: living. You work a over forty hours. Driver, yeah, a truck driver, a mechanic, over you forty know. hours a week. You got yeah, three and, kids. And, you know,
0: just just like. Just not, uh, you know, not um, not
1: Wall Street investors, you yeah, know, not that's you know. white
0: collar, like yeah. white, white collars, people who fucking sit behind the desk and push people papers. that don't people go to country actually, clubs. All right, see now you're being a fucking dick. I'm not being a dick. I'm just saying. If I've you, been a member of a country club before.
1: Well, then you're out of the blue collar thing, I'm bro. Not. By, by the way, I work for a living. I'm just saying we should go golfing sometime, asshole. No, I didn't know you that had a golf.
0: Golfing's for
1: what golfers <laughs> I golf, motherfucker. it's the only good it's the only sport <laughs> a, I'm kinda decent at you know uh,
0: i don't I don't do anything where I gotta play with balls anyway uh so we'll
1: we'll we'll talk about that. we'll talk about those issues you have later,
0: <laughs> but uh you know it's kind of a it's kind of a blue collar town, you mm-hmm. know like it's 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 hard working people, people who you know yeah uh you know a blue collar fireman policeman mm-hmm. you know that kind of feeling of chicago you know um you know fighting the good fight yeah yeah And i think that's what uh i think that's what punk kind of brings to you know what well punk, punk is, what, that, what, yeah, know, is that yeah he is he's the professional right. wrestler and you from know chicago he's, he's and a tattooed guy tattooed you know, he's um you know he's a Punk rock, yo, know, yeah. you know, loves rancid. Fucking, probably digs fucking coffee. You know, yeah. You know, so like, uh, but digs coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say beer because he yeah, yeah. drink beer. Yeah, yeah anyway, yeah. so um, but but I think that that might be a good way to lean. I mean, I would the Darby I Allen thing. thing I you would know? take a
1: heel tag team, and I think it's and an build them up.
0: I think it's the advantage that Steve had. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve was a blue collar fucking you know, fucking redneck. Yeah, yeah. Now Steve guy, was
1: know? the blue collar in the southern sense, right? But like at the time, that was a badass well, thing you have, to be. Have,
0: well, and you have southern, but then you have Texas, and Texas is a completely mm. different animal. So, but and I think really honestly, Chicago's very similar. Like, yeah, like it's, it's it's got the that Texas of atti- the north attitude. Yeah, you know that you know fuck you, I'm from Chicago. It's, you know it's so
1: it's not. What was that? What's that saying? People from, uh, people from Chicago and people from Texas have the same swagger, you know? Yeah. It's like, they you know, do.
0: Gary was from Chicago. Gary part was from mm-hmm. Chicago. You know I mean? They was Halstead street, Chicago. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Texans South side of Chicago, you know, tough guys. A know? lot of
1: Texans, uh, uh, moved to Chicago and a lot of Chicagoans, Chicago, mm-hmm. Chicagoans. You do. And you'll clean it up. They, they come to Texas, because it's, they, and yeah, so I've met a lot of people from Chicago that, down here. It's
0: that attitude, and I think, I think maybe that whole, uh, you know, teaming up thing might be a direction that, if they, you know, they've probably got an idea in mind, I'm curious to what it's going to be, but I think that would be a, you know, decent angle.
1: I feel, I feel like they're going to have to do that, because, I, one... You get that heel, whoever the heels are. You get that those heels over by coming and ruining the match. Everyone wants to see because I don't think anybody wants to see anyone actually lose this match because you heard the pop when he said Darby Allen. Sure, it wasn't like a heel pop. It was, and that's the and problem. Once again, you have. I don't
0: watch it, so I don't know how he leans.
1: He's he's the he. Darby Allen is a babyface. I mean, he's rolling with Sting. So there Chris. you go. Yeah, and that I mean, that's the problem when you have not only a babyface versus a babyface, but a debuting legendary babyface well, versus a young upstart babyface. I, I would
0: say if you're a wrestling fan and
1: you're listening to this, it's a good time to, to be alive. Tune in, baby. It is a good time to be alive. But no matter the case, CM Punk is now in AEW. CM Punk is back in wrestling, and I personally, Chris, I never thought, I never fucking thought I'd see the day. I never thought I'd see it.
0: Well, I think, I think that's
1: another point. I
0: think that he's. Uh, I think he's glad to be back into the thing that brought him passion as a kid.
1: You could see him genuinely happy he was genuinely in the happy. There was and I gotta no say this character. Too.
0: It's unusual to me to see a guy who doesn't drink or do any type of recreational uh, chemicals mm-hmm. to look that horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a little a rough. No, he's been he's always like that the bags under his eyes yeah. and and
1: you know and this
0: crow's feet yeah. and
1: it's like eat a sandwich, would you? Yeah. you know? I mean, I mean he, he is a little rough looking. I mean, but you know <laughs> you know, but you know,
0: there's nothing I look at him and I'm like, man, you look like shit. You've been gone mean, from this fucking business for seven years.
1: I wish I could retort and debate but you. You're
0: exa- I'm exactly You're out right. of line,
1: but you're right. But I'm right on the, <laughs> I'm right on the goddamn money. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for listening to this uh, special episode of uh, of Counting Lights Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Counting underscore Lights. Email us, or I'm sorry, look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash Counting Lights Podcast. Come to our
0: live shows.
1: Come to our live show. We got a stand-up comedy event happening at Oak Highlands Brewery, August 27th, headlined by Mikey B., and send us an email if you got any questions about Chris's career or questions about my comedy career or just questions in general at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with another uh, with a post dynamite uh, episode of uh, Counting Lights Podcast with our friend Miles Francis. If not, it's just going to be me and you. Ha- you you are every right to not listen to that episode. Uh, <laughs> For the Counting Lights Podcast, he's Chris Germany. That's Dan Danzi. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling walk up.